Hey y'all, I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 203. All right, jumping right in. First one's called Ghost Bridge. So I know Donna's into this. My nipples are already hard. Well, they say, hey ladies, so I've only been listening for a couple of months and Donna was asking about haunted bridge stories and I figured I would send in my experience. I'm not sure if you've heard of Helen's Bridge before, but it's located in Asheville, North Carolina. It was 2019, my freshman year of college. It was Halloween night, my ex-boyfriend, roommate, and I hanging out. We had no idea what we were going to do all night. Around 9 p.m., my ex-boyfriend suggested we drive to Helen's Bridge. He had lived in this part of North Carolina for a while and told us it would only be about a 40-minute drive. He told us that supposedly Helen's Bridge was haunted by a ghost of a distraught mother who lost her daughter in a fire. She was overcome by grief that she hung herself on the bridge that was now known as Helen's Bridge. The locals had many renditions of the story that we heard later, such as it was possible her daughter was purposefully killed in a fire because the people had suspected Helen of witchcraft and tried to kill them both. Another story was that Helen was once again accused of witchcraft, so the townspeople took her baby and threw it off the bridge so she couldn't sacrifice her child to an evil power. I'm not sure what the original story was, but I know that whatever it is, the bridge isn't playing around. As we were on our way up to the bridge, my ex-boyfriend told us that we need to be careful because when people go up here, they sometimes feel ill and that once people turn their cars off, they don't turn back on. My roommate and I thought he was just trying to scare us, so we kept it going like idiots. Once we get up there, I knew it wasn't a joke. The air was heavy and you just felt super uneasy. It felt like the stone bridge was moving under my feet. I felt sick to my stomach. My roommate was scared and wanted to leave, but my ex-boyfriend insisted we stay. It wasn't too long after we got there, a paranormal research team showed up with a ghost box. The lights were going crazy and it was making noise, but we couldn't make out what it was saying. Then a woman started trying to talk to whatever spirit was there with us. The box started making a crackling noise. It almost sounded like a bonfire when the logs start to crackle. At this point, my roommate and I were ready to go. The three of us started walking down this steep hill when my ex-boyfriend tells us to go a different way so we can walk under the bridge. Why we agreed to this, I couldn't tell you. We get to the edge under the bridge and then unease is back. It was like time slowed down. I heard the noise of falling rocks and looked to see rocks tumbling down the side of the road. My roommate looks like she's going to shit herself and at that point, I wasn't too far behind her. We both look to my ex-boyfriend and tell him to hurry up. We see him talking to himself. I walk over and hear him say, Helen, I provoke you. I ask him why he was saying that. He said to watch and see. He waited till everyone had cleared off the bridge before chanting the phrase one more time. As soon as it left his lips, a brick fell and landed right next to him. He looked like a deer in headlights, probably not expecting a rock the size of his head to come flying out of nowhere. We were all scared shitless. We run back to the car and luckily it started right up. We were all terrified of what we had just seen. It's safe to say we never went back to Helen's Bridge. Sorry if that was kind of long. I just thought you might enjoy the story. Liv. Okay, two things. I love Asheville, North Carolina. And two, your ex-boyfriend was toxic? Yeah, I wanted to be like, that's why he's an ex, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But I have heard of that bridge, but I didn't know it was in Asheville. But that's scary as fuck. And then while y'all are there, a paranormal team shows up. So it's like, this is legit. And then your fucking douche canoe ex-boyfriend had to be like, I provoke thee. What is he in the fucking craft? Right? Okay, Zach, sit down. Okay, the next one, somewhat sinister sighting. 
Hello, ladies. Long-time listener, first time writing in. I've enjoyed listening to you two, and your laughs are contagious. Y'all can lift my spirits on a bad day with y'all's laughs. This is a short one. It's about part of a dream I had last week. Today is July 12th, 2022, and the dream I had was July 7th or July 8th, 2022. I don't remember the entire dream. My dreams flow illogically and do not follow the laws of physics. I don't remember how it started, but Carrie and I were sitting at a table talking. We were at a house, possibly an Airbnb vacation type house, sitting around a table chatting while kids are napping. At this time in the dream, the podcast was approximately three years old. After chatting for a moment, Carrie got up and went inside because her son was waking up from his nap. I don't remember his name or if his name was even given. He was a beautiful, blonde-headed, one-year-old little boy. That was a dream, or what I can remember of it. I know I've heard y'all talk about loving kids, but that y'all didn't want any kids of your own. Just in case my dream isn't a regular dream, I'm writing in to have it as proof, or if you aren't or never get pregnant or have a baby, this could be a funny story to look back on. Normally, I wouldn't write in about this, but it's been popping back up. I don't exactly have any abilities, but sometimes I get feelings or know things I shouldn't. Maybe it's intuition, or maybe it's Maybelline. Or maybe it's the fact that my sister-in-law called a family meeting yesterday to announce she's pregnant, which at the time of this email, there are now four women in my family that are pregnant, so maybe my dream of Carrie having a son was actually about my sister-in-law and her husband. Regardless, I hope you get a chuckle out of this like I have. One day, I'll gather my actual sinister sighting encounters for real. Creep it real and don't get scared from Texas. By the way, you can call me innocent and my pronouns are she, her. Kara, do you have something to tell us? No, I just look pregnant. (laughs) That's because I don't stop eating. Are you eating for two? (laughs) I act like it. (laughs) Me too. That's so funny, though. I have dreams that are so bizarre. Like, last night in my dream, I would take the diamond out of my ring. Like, I could just pop it out, do something with it, and, like, just put it back in. It might have been because you just went on your cruise and, like, you took your rings off. Yeah, I wasn't going on port with uh, my rings on. I got Santa Claus brought me some silicone rings. Which cracks me up that you actually put three on. Well, Yeah. <laughs> But I, I fucked up bad on the second port, though, because when I got back on the ship, because we, like, got in the pool and stuff, I just left the silicone bands on and then just left them on the rest of the day and slept in them. The next day, I literally could not get my <gasps> ring back on. Like, the I could get the bands on, but not my engagement ring. Like, my I was too swollen. Oh, my god! And so, it was that night before I was able to put my engagement ring back on. Fuck. Yeah. A little too much fun in the sun and salt and alcohol and dehydration yeah. for me. Yeah. Okay, the next one. Traumatized from my childhood home. Hi, Don and Carrie. My name's Cameron, and I live in Iowa. Yes, the one with all the corn. I love y'all. Funniest girls ever. I die when you guys laugh. Makes my day. So anyway, to my story. When I was younger, my mom, dad, two sisters, and I moved into this huge house. I mean huge. It was so outdated and ugly, but it was our home. Look, I'm a sensitive person when it comes to the other side, and I had a feeling about this house, but ignored it. For the first couple of months, it was normal. No knocks, ghosts, nothing. Until one night, I was trying to sleep, and all of a sudden, I hear my alarm clock go off in my closet. I was terrified and so confused. So I get up and grab it. It's not plugged in, and before you say anything, no batteries. 
I ran downstairs and stuck it in the junk drawer. And you know when you just clean your room and make your bed and it makes you sleep better? Yeah, well, I tried, but after this, I couldn't. So next one's my sister's room. They had a walk-in closet that they were terrified of, and so was I. My little sister is psychic, and when she was younger, she would see a little girl in her toy box at night trying to play with her. And when she was just a newborn, my parents were downstairs and heard the door slam shut on the baby monitor. Scary shit, but wait. I was about 10 to 13 at that house, and so when I was 18, we were living somewhere else. I was home by myself, again, trying to sleep. So the way the old house is set up, the bathroom is directly across from my sister's room. In my dream, I was going to the bathroom, and I closed the door because it was dark in their room and hated it. It was the middle of the night, and it was just me in the house. The bathroom door slams open, and this dark, tall, slender man-looking ghost rushes at me with open arms and grabs me and pulls me into my sister's dark room, and the door slams behind me. I wake up at 3 a.m. crying, and my heart is pumping out of my chest. Didn't finish my sleep. Motherfucker ruined it five years later, too. So I asked my middle sister about the house and how she remembers her room and how it was haunted. And she's like, are you talking about the tall man in the closet? We have never talked about this house together. Thanks for reading. I'll send more in. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. The house followed you. And we know Carrie does not like anything to fuck with her sleep. Mm-mm. I mean, we even put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> also, if you would have said a tall, dark, slender man, I would have been like, cool. Sure. Sign Donna up. But uh, no, not the other way around. Let's be honest. Donna just would take a man. <laughs> he doesn't have to be any of those qualities except not see-through. <laughs> I mean, where's the lie? There's not a lie. I mean, honestly, let's see if I can get some ghost dick too. Who knows? I was going to say, at this point though, she might even take the uh, see-through ones. <laughs> Also, when you said he ran to you with open arms, all or maybe that's not what you said, but you said open arms, and all I could think about was that song. I run to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's actually what you said. <laughs> like, I could just picture this Slender Man looking thing, like, singing this song to you. Well, that's our made-for-TV version. <laughs> okay, the next one. Hey, Carrie and Donna. Hey. Sucker. <laughs> that's not the cadence. I love it when my name's first because it fucks you up. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Let me tell you, I'm a big fan. I just recently started listening to you two back in May 22. I found your podcast and listened to you all the way from Idaho back to Arizona after my grandma passed. Oh, by the way, my name is Ashley or you can call me Ash. I've always been into the paranormal and true crime ever since I was a young kid. I'll be 35 in August. Okay, Leo, I see you. But you put Carrie's name first. I see there's no honor among us Leos here, but I'll continue reading your story. I guess I've always been considered the weird one because I'm into it. And I believe my oldest daughter has medium abilities. But that's another story for another day. Anyways, I'll try, try to keep it simple. But I do have a lot of encounters. So I'll write you here and there about them. So one of my earliest memories of the paranormal was back when maybe I was five or so. My grandparents used to watch me on the weekends while my parents worked. My grandfather had a beautiful cherry oak wood pool table downstairs of his house. He loved playing pool, especially with my dad and uncles. One day while my grandparents were in the living room and I was playing on the stairs with my Barbies, all of a sudden we heard all the balls crack. You know, like when you break it when you're starting a game of pool? 
And I swear you could hear the balls moving as if someone was downstairs playing pool. I remember my grandpa calling me over to the living room and then he yelled down saying in Spanish, quit it, Ashley's here, you're going to scare her. And after that, I didn't hear any more noise coming from downstairs. I knew even at that age that nobody else was home but the three of us. I never played by the stairs again by myself when I was there alone. Okay, so another quick little story. I was really close to my grandfather, the one I had mentioned in the story up above. He had passed when I was in the sixth grade. I truly believe he's my guardian angel. I know when he's nearby because I can smell those Swedish sweet cigars he smoked. Okay, also I thought she was going to say Swedish fish. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's more our speed. Yes. So back in 2016, I was getting my two daughters ready so we can get my oldest from school. We get into the car and my car didn't start. I tried it several times and nothing. I had never ever had car problems before with my car. Then I heard a little tapping coming from the back and I turned and looked and it was my grandpa. He smiled and waved at me. I shook my head, closed my eyes, but when I opened them back up, he was gone. I knew he had shown himself for a reason. I thought maybe something was going to happen or maybe he was just saying hello. So I attempt to start the car again and it turned on like it hadn't been giving me any problems just a few minutes ago. So we started on our way and we came across a very, very bad accident a few miles down the road. A car had been T-boned by one of those big farming trucks. I couldn't even tell what the make or model was of the car. Ended up finding later that a mom and her three children ended up passing away from that terrible accident. Mm. I believe my grandpa saved us from that accident by somehow not making my car start. Like I said, he's my guardian angel. Sorry if this email is so long. Again, I love listening to you both. Take care and God bless you. Creep it real and don't get scared. Love, Ash. Oh, 100% he he was the reason for that. Like your car not starting, not the wreck, but yeah. the car not starting. With stuff like that, I can't help but picture on Ghost when he had to work so hard to make the stuff move, yeah. you know? And he would be so tired. Mm-hmm. That's probably how I would be as a ghost. Tired. <laughs> I saw a meme. I can't remember if it was in our Facebook group. I think it was. But it was like the Grinch pouting. And it was like me waking up thinking of going to bed tonight. (laughs) Yes. And that's so true because I really do like wake up like thinking about going to bed that night. Also, your grandpa's house had a fucking cool ghost playing fucking pool. I'm not good at pool. Are you good at pool? No. I I know you're not. I don't even know why I asked, but I wanted them to know that you're not. (laughs) I can't be the only one not good at it. I don't think I've actually ever played a real game of pool. Mm. There was an arcade by my mom's old store. And, you know, of course, she'd be like, just go over there to me and my brother. And so I would just like knock the balls in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And by that, I mean, like, try to. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I never played your solids on stripes or whatever like that. Pool is either one of those things where I'm going to kick your ass at it or I'm going to crash and burn miserably. Usually, it's the latter. (laughs) But one time, we were at the bowling alley, and I think it was Casey and me playing. And I did a behind-the-back shot and sunk it. Shit. I mean, what can I say? The universe aligned. (laughs) We tilted just right on that axis. All right, the next one. Hi, ladies. I have a story that I keep thinking I should send in. I'm still not quite sure what to think about it. Maybe one of you will help decipher what happened. Picture it. It was Halloween night, 2011. 
This story takes place in Eugene, Oregon. It was my junior year of high school, and my friend Haley and I were planning on going to one of our other friends' birthday party. He lived up in the hills in the outskirts of Eugene. His house had a lot of space and land, so it was easy to set up and use as a party space. We got ready and dressed in our costumes and decided to take Haley's car as I would be the designated driver so she could let loose or whatever. Getting there was a little confusing unless you knew the place well, which we did not. The roads were winding and twisting and were surrounded by hills. You had to pay close attention to each turn if you wanted to find your way back, seeing as there was no cell phone reception once you were about 10 miles out of the heart of the city. Haley and I got to the party around 9, and as we were one of the first to arrive, parked in the front of the field that was designated for guests, which ended up being terrible because we were also one of the first to leave, with no way to exit without hunting down 20 people and asking them to move their cars. We enjoyed the party with friends and played some games. Finally, somewhere around midnight, Haley was a goner at this point, so I decided it was time to head back home. We said our goodbyes, and I trekked back to Haley's car with her stumbling behind me. Once we got there, we made our pain in the ass way out of that field and started back towards Eugene. This was where things started to go haywire. First of all, I didn't do that great of a job paying attention to how we got there because I was immediately confused about where we were after the first turn out of the driveway. Nothing looked familiar. Everything was pitch black, and of course, there were no street lights out in the middle of nowhere. Driving in the dark is always discombobulating, and even if you had driven on the road a thousand times, it looks totally different in the pitch black middle of the night. I continued driving. It was quiet because Haley was basically comatose in the back seat, and I was trying to focus on where in the hell we were and where we needed to go. I tried asking Haley if she had any cell reception or if she remembered anything, but all I got was some mumbo-jumbo muttering and slurring, so hope went down the drain real quick. I kept driving, hoping to see something that looked vaguely familiar. We drove for about 10 more minutes, and I was still very lost and starting to get a little panicky. I didn't know where to go, and I definitely wouldn't have been able to get back to where the party was at this point. And again, no cell service. At this time, driving through the winding hills, fog was piling up at the bottom of them as they do when it's cold and you're in a very wet environment. Seeing as it was Halloween, I realized how cliche all this is sounding, but this is for reals. So we're turning and twisting down these foggy hills all alone, no sounds or lights anywhere, no other cars around, with Haley being a slight improvement from the dead in the back seat, it left me feeling like I was very alone. Suddenly, as we're descending down a hill, the car's brakes went out like completely gone out of nowhere. I tried pumping the brakes to get any air out that might have gotten trapped. No dice. Still hurling down this hill, I'm frantically trying everything to get any sort of brake pressure. I grabbed the emergency brake and this was freaking out too. The emergency brake never goes out. It's made to not go out. It's made as a means to stop your car if the primary brakes fail. I'm trying everything I can to get the brakes anywhere to slow us down. I'm sure this happened in a matter of five seconds, but it felt like forever. When you can't get a car to stop and you have no idea where you're going or where the next turn is coming up because of how dark it is, your body must go into some overdrive and do everything in its power to focus like you've never focused before because somehow we didn't die. We finally got to a flat part and I let the car roll to a stop. Still, no brakes. I turned the car off and on again very slowly still no brakes. I suddenly see car lights heading toward us in the distance. Since it's so dark, I'm trying to figure out a way to flag these people down so I can ask them how far away from Eugene we are. I flash my lights and step out and wave my arms around. I now realize how lucky we were that these people weren't serial killers or murderers. 
by some miracle, they told me that Eugene was only about two more miles down the road we were already on. So I get back in the car, start it, and begin slowly rolling down the road. Still no brakes. I'm seriously going like five miles an hour. We finally get back to the city, and wouldn't you know it, right when we cross into the city limit sign, brakes are back. I was so pissed. The rest of the drive home, the brakes were no problem, though I still drove carefully. The next day, I was so annoyed, I forced both of our dads to look at the brakes and drive the car. They both came to the same conclusion that the brakes were perfectly fine. Haley took her car to the mechanic the next day to have it looked at, and there were no issues at all. We still talk about this incident every time we're together, and I remind her of how I was basically all by myself in her momentarily possessed car flying down these crazy hills. Maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it was something trying to keep us safe from something else. Maybe it was something hoping to kill us. Who knows? So there you have it. What do you guys think? Halloween night, middle of nowhere, rolling hills, darkness, and no brakes on the car. Much love, Ellen. P.S. Thank you for all of your effort and time you put in the podcast. It gives me so much joy and makes my commute to work so much more tolerable when I'm laughing with you guys. Ellen, that's scary as fuck. But can I start with saying, when you said Eugene, do you know who I pictured? Hey, Eugene! From Greece. From Greece. Yeah. But then later, I was thinking Eugene Levy. But first, Eugene was Greece. Also, I wanted to sing All By Myself when you said that you're all by yourself going down the hills. Oh, mama. That's all I got. Okay. There's y'all sinister sightings for the day. Preach. <laughs> but no, that's really fucking scary. I don't know what that was, but I don't ever want to feel that way. No. Can you imagine your brakes going out? No. I don't like when, like on Rainbow Road on Mario Kart, you can't see what's coming up or like the mine shaft. So I can only imagine on a real car. One time I went to get my brakes redone on my very first car and the kid that pulled it out didn't know that the very first time you drive it after you get new brakes, you have to like pump it like that. Oh yeah. And he like almost wrecked my car because it was going down a hill and they're like, pump the brakes. Oh my God. I was like, oh my God. The first time I've ever done like an adult thing and took (laughs) my car, you know, I was in college, took my car to get it fixed and the dude almost wrecks it, you know. Yeah. Well, your car might've been paid off. (laughs) True. When the fuck did you become Pollyanna? (laughs) Okay, the next one. Hey, girls, it's your other Donna here. It's been a rough few years. Okay, 10 years. Who am I kidding? Lost family members and pets, and it's so damn hard. But hearing you both laugh and be happy after going through the same thing has me trying to change my attitude and step out of the funk I've been in. I legit was going to say, are you uh, summarizing our lives? (laughs) So thanks for that, you southern booties. I mean, beauties. I didn't mean your bums. I mean, who talks about butts here? Anywho, many years ago, I was visiting a friend of mine in North Carolina. Let's call her Lulabelle. She lived in a cute little house, and we were just hanging out, shooting the shed. She had a guy friend over, let's call him Joe, kind of a tall, slim dude. And we were partaking in some cheap but delicious red wine. I'm going to show my age here. Sadly, it can't be helped. She had a computer room. I was late with the computer slash internet thing. Guys, not only did she have a computer, but an entire computer room. And I was like, oh my God, Lulabelle, you have to show me how this internet works. How do you use the internet? So we went in and she got us logged into AOL with the phone line. You know, the screech, beep, boop, 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 boop. You literally sounded nothing like it. You know what? I mean, I couldn't do it either, but you really didn't. I, I can't think of it. I, can't, I couldn't do it either. 
<laughs> like, you know how many times? That, shut up. <laughs> don't say, I don't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> you literally said, mur, mur, mur. <laughs> <laughs> we had such bad internet that it would be like initializing and then it would stop and then like initializing. So I would hear that. Multiple times. Mm-hmm. How do I not remember that fucking sound? Anyway, she said, just type in what you want to look for and left me on my own. I didn't stay at the computer desk long because I couldn't think of things to look for. Had a total brain fart. I get up, leave the room, go across the hall to the bathroom. When I come out, I walk back into the living room having to pass the computer room on my way. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed her friend was in there leaning over the desk looking at the computer. As I walk myself into the living room, I see Lulabelle and her friend Joe standing in the kitchen pouring more wine. What the fuckery? I didn't say anything, just stood there going, um, um, you two can't be both here. I saw Joe in the computer room and she says, oh, you saw it. Yeah, I have a ghost. I went to bed and noped it out of there at first daylight. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Creep it real, but don't get scared, Donna C. Just ever so cavalier. Oh, yeah, you saw that? Mm, yeah, I got a right? ghost. Um, excuse me, uh, I think you forgot to put that on my invitation. Right? What do you usually say? Skirt! I don't know. You know I go through stages of things that I say. <laughs> yeah, now we're in your cocky buzzard stage. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know where that came from. I don't either. On a for real note, I'm really glad that we can help ease your grief at all. Because it is hard. And some days, it is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. But we're in it together. Also, did you say Joe? Because he sounds like Joe from You, the show on Netflix. That's just who I pictured. Apparently, I'm into picturing characters this time. Okay, the next one. I take your shadow people and raise you a shadow cat. Hello, my gorgeous ghouls. First of all, I have to say I love y'all. I listen to y'all every workday, eight hours a day. That is a fuck ton of us. I don't even want to be around me eight hours a day. I definitely don't. So here's my short but creepy tale. Just to set a scene for you, I have a 25-pound black cat named Binks. And when he wants to leave my room, he climbs on my end table and knocks shit around. Well, about a week ago, I was woken up to that familiar sound. I turned over and yelled, Binks, cut the crap. But when I focused my eyes to my dark room, I realized Binks was out cold on the floor next to the table. Then I see this shadow figure shaped like a cat on the table staring at Binks. I looked at the shadow cat and without actually verbally saying anything and just saying in my head, I said, leave my cat alone. And this figure turned its faceless head and stared straight at me. I decided that that was a big nope and closed my eyes tight. And when I opened them and readjusted it to the dark, it was gone. I also suffer from sleep paralysis when I'm stressed. So I have tons of those stories I'll send in if you like. Thanks for letting me blab on and feel free to say my name, Carrie T from Florida. Damn, we just had a Donna. Now we got a Carrie. First off, a damn cat. Because... They will knock shit off. All of my cats have done that. And it's like they just look at you while they do it too. But I love that you're like, no, 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 not tonight. You're not messing with my fucking cat. I'd be that way about Marley too. I'd be like, oh, Carrie, you can have her, but not Marley. She's not lying though. (laughs) She literally would give me up in the place of her dog. Okay, one time I said I would save Marley if she was drowning before I would save you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
also, why do we do that? It's like we think something's there. We talk to it or we like stand our ground, but then close our eyes. Like, all right, I'm just going to lay back down here and uh, hope it goes away. Yeah, because that cat was like complete turned and was like, fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) That cat was like, I'll fuck with your cat if I want to. Make me, bitch. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, last one. Good morning, ladies. That sounded like Charlie's Angels. Probably not. I'm currently at work listening to the most recent sinister sightings, and Donna is talking about how her daddy was seeing people right before he passed, and it made me think of something that happened when my mother passed. August of 2011, after fighting COPD for nearly 15 years, my dad called me at work to tell me that they had to admit my mom into the hospital. Of course, I made the drive from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Wichita, Kansas to be with her. These trips went on for two more weekends until one Wednesday, I called to check on her and was told that the doctors needed to have a meeting with myself and my dad. During this conversation, we were told that mom's lungs were so badly obstructed that they were surprised she had done as well as she had all those years. The lower 50% was almost completely obstructed, and that when they had tried to back her off the machines, she was unable to breathe on her own, which left my dad and I with the difficult decision to take her off of the life support. Before we took her off the machines, we wanted her brothers and sisters to have a chance to tell her goodbye and to see her one last time. Since they were traveling from Texas and Oklahoma, we allowed a few days for them to get there. Well, the day they were driving in, mom became very agitated while they were readjusting her and kept looking over my shoulder, and there was no one there that I could see. So I asked her if there was someone else there with us, to which she nodded her head yes. We decided to give her a piece of paper and allow her to write down who it was. Well, she wrote down the letter M. I racked my brain trying to figure out who she was trying to tell us about and could not figure it out until I called my aunt, her little sister. My aunt asked me to put her on speaker so she could ask my mom a question. And she asked her, M as in Marilyn is mama? To which my mom nodded yes and started crying. My grandma had passed away in 1996. Well, mom was still looking around as if someone was in the room. And the room definitely had somewhat of an eerie feeling. Later on in the day, I was with her by myself and felt what felt like a child tug on the back of my shirt. I'm sure I looked confused, but mom just smiled. The next days, her siblings made it in and she kept grabbing my uncle and his wife's hands and would just look at them as if she was trying to tell them something. It was later that day that I found out about my cousin who had passed away when he was eight. I'm almost certain that it was him that pulled on my shirt and that mom was trying to tell us about him. Mom passed away at 8.20 p.m. on August 28, 2011, with all of us around her. As sad as the situation was, I really do feel like my grandmother and cousin and other family members were there to meet her. Sorry this is so long. Love you ladies tons, Tanya. I hope that that's true. Like, I hope that you, like, I'm not saying that they're not being truthful, but you know, like, just like, I hope Mm -hmm. that that's what it is, because... The afterlife is so scary. Like, we don't get it. We don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know. It's it's weird. I, I'm not articulating this well. Don't have to tell us twice. They're used to listening to you. It's fine. <laughs> Touche. That was a good one. But no, I get it. Like, I would want someone there to greet me. Also, I'm a follower on that. Like, can you show me where to go? 
Look, I could not be the first on anything. Like when we were kids and it was field day and they were explaining the instructions, you got to go around this and then loop it back around. Like I need to watch somebody do it. Yes. I can't follow your instructions. Just let me let somebody else go first. I'll watch them and then I'll be able to do it. Yes. I'm very sorry about your loss. And it kind of hit me there in the fields because my mom died from COPD. I thought that too. I was like, ooh. Because ultimately we all share so many similar experiences Mm -hmm. in life it's just different yeah but they're similar also like again to make it about me but I had to make the decision like just stop trying on her yeah you know so like I didn't have to make the decision of pulling her off life support but you know like so I, I just feel that so much for you also I'm really glad that her siblings and everyone got to say goodbye Thank you so much for sharing all of these stories. We love them. Keep them coming. You heard where we are because somebody actually put the date in their story. (laughs) Yeah, like July 12th, 2022. I was like, we are (laughs) not that far behind. (laughs) Oh, Twilight Zone. But for real, thank you all so much for sharing such personal experiences with us. It really does mean a lot. If you want your story read on an episode, send it in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website and do contact us. Um, And there's lots of other stuff on the website, you know, links to Patreon, links to the merch store, all kinds of shiz. So head on over there and remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.